Good afternoon. It is May 30th, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? I got a pizza deal I think you might be interested in. So you're a man, just like me. We like pizza. How would you like to not have to pay for your pizza right away? You could pay for it later. <laughs> like a loan? Yeah. Exactly like a loan. I'm taking a pizza loan? Is there, is there interest? Zero interest. Zero interest. Zero fees. And I get to eat all the pizza I want and then just pay at a later date? Yes. Wow. How? What kind of pizza is this? Is it hot and fresh? Is it frozen? And do I got to make it? This is a uh, New Zealand restaurant called Hell Pizza. Well, there's a... There's a name. Should I be concerned yeah. of the, the the title now? This is this sounded very very good until you mentioned the hell part of this is is just a full service pizza that they're what what is, it, is it a membership like how how exactly are they receiving payment how far down the road are they asking for this? So here's where the real wrinkle comes in. Here it is all the way down the line. You will not have to pay until you pass away. And then what? It's just so and so's future problems, or whatever, whatever savings gets donated towards here. And then what? You it, ha- is it a total? You have to. You'll have to sit down with them, and as as you go along and you order the pizza, it you, they record it. But you will have to put in your will, "I will pay this debt that I owe." Interesting. Do you think they get burned more often than not, though? Like, how many people are dying with a decent amount of survival uh, income? I will say, I don't know. Remaining. Like they could. Just... I would think enough to cover something like this with pizza. Well, how how much do you think the pizza is going to be over a lifetime? Like, you just started this pizza. Say you're a college kid. You're twenty. You, you know, I don't want to put a a cap on this, but let's just say sixty years get tagged on here. 60 years worth of pizza eating, what, what is that worth? All right, let's say 20 bucks times 52 weeks times 60, 60 years. Sure. That comes up to a little over $62,000. And I'd say that's a lot of pizza. <laughs> is that is right? That- is it? How do, I would I, say that's that's a little more on the high side. Every every week for your entire life. I, I'm just I'm just as somebody with no children or grandchildren or any sort of future family to leave anything to. I, I'm not leaving that kind of money behind for free pizza along the ride here. I I it's maybe maybe it's genius. Maybe it's not. I I don't really like it. I it it seems too too suspicious here. Also, like what if the quality of the pizza is wrong? Like what are they gonna say? Like whatever. Like you didn't pay for it. Like. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like we didn't even collect anything for this. I, I don't know how they're gonna stay in business for that long. Like, are they trying to target really old people early on to get a couple funds to come in? Well, here's the the parameters that always always get you on on, on these things is that there's a limited amount. This isn't just a, a free for all for everybody. You ha- you have to apply for it. Uh, the programs on on their website and they're since of course it's it's hell pizza. They are going to give it to 666 customers in New Zealand and 666 customers in Australia. So are you signing up? 
Well, I, I don't. I, I it doesn't seem worth it to me because I've never. I'm not in New Zealand or Australia. But I think if it was in America, I would do it. It's it's an interest free loan. You've, you'd never come across an interest free loan. I gotta eat. I like pizza. It it seems too good to be true. Where there's like what what are they charging me? Like what what's the actual charge? Did you see? Oh man, was it Samsung? Somebody. It's not Samsung. One of the tech companies is willing to give you a huge, like, 75-inch TV for free. And there's, there's obviously a couple caveats with this where they, they basically just want access to your data. They just want everything. But you get a free TV, and it comes with, like, a dual-screen TV where it is a upper, like, full normal-sized TV. And then below, there's a smaller, like, more longer rectangular kind of screen. Or even on the end of that, the corner, there's a full-time ad. But the bottom of it can kind of be utilized, I think, for like stock market, basketball scores, or whatever sort of bottom, bottom line like news. And it's a full-time window just, just for that as well. So it's a pretty sweet setup. It, it's got a camera right dead center in the middle of it between those two screens. And the idea is that you could use that for conference calls or who knows what. I don't know. That just weirded me out even more. But this seems like they're you're paying for this in some other way. Obviously, with that, it's just access to everything. They want all of the knowledge they can ever gain. And you, if you just agree to that, that, that's what you're agreeing to. And let that be up to you. But the pizza thing, I'm not sure where it is. Like, where are they? Where do they get my information out of all this? Is that what it all is? They just want to know when I'm eating pizza. Is that the only data they're collecting? They would. They would definitely get that. But I think they would get that anyway, right? I, you know, well. What are they? What are they tracking? Like he used to like pepperoni, and now he doesn't order it as much anymore. Like it's, you know, in the it, right? really, like, really oh, leaned okay. off, really leaned off the meats in the '60s. You know, really started hitting just the dairy and the cheese. <laughs> really, it, yeah. You know, did a did a real roasted veggie phase. You know, then uh, real switched it up to a calzone. You know, on, on the weekends, it, it's just big, big, big adjustment right now. We can target this guy. We could, we could sell him all the QVC stuff you, you'd ever imagine. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that that's a fun topic. Uh, interest fee, interest free loans. Exactly not something you're going to come across uh, anywhere. I guess if you are in those countries, maybe maybe look into it. I'm still suspicious of it, but I'm suspicious of everything because as of right now, I kind of hang my hat on being a knowledgeable NBA guy, and I thought I thought I had some pretty good takes this year. I thought things were going well, fantasy wise, not so much. But you know, that's a that's a random gamble every every year. You never really have anything guaranteed. But I have to recalibrate everything on my knowledge of the Boston Celtics. I, I think last week we came into this so negative, being down 3-0-3 with no hope at all. And then here we are a week later with kind of a, a new a new bubble popped all over again where there was a little glimmer of hope where we win three games in a row. We forced game seven. We're at home. And the table's just set way too too perfectly. Right? This is like a no-interest loan right now. They're like I'm scratching my head. Like how... Did we even get to the situation that we're in where we even have a chance to do this? We, we look dead. The, the team that goes down 0-3 generally doesn't go on a three-game win streak right after that. Like that, they, that shouldn't be possible. And, and it just—it was only the—it was only the fourth time it's happened, and it hasn't happened in 20 years. It just wrinkles my mind that a team was bad enough to lose three games in a row and then win three games in a row. Now I, I'm not shocked that we lost Game Seven. I, I stand by it's. I don't care who you are. It is not easy to win four games against anybody. And we, we talk about these early round sweeps like they're nothing. It's it's not something you're supposed to do against good teams at this point in the season. I mean, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. You shouldn't win four games against anybody, ever. It, just, the talent level's too good. 
So to win three, and essentially lose three, is this yin and yang of like, are we that team or are we this team? And I don't know which team's going to show up. And it's 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 frightening to watch them just knowing that there's a countdown to when it might just start looking like that that team that doesn't win. And it happened last night at home, which is another baffling part about all of this. But I want to talk about the game first, and then we'll talk about a little bit of the, the roster and some of the issues of all that, and then maybe a little coaching and bigger picture stuff. But just strictly on just the game right now and what we, we just saw was was bad. I mean, I can point to the Tatum ankle stuff, but I mean, what, what do you – what are your thoughts on just the game in general and, and how we got to where we're at right now where Miami's going to the finals. They won three games in Boston, including the elimination game just last night. Well, we gave up two at home to, to, to Philly as well. So we were just terrible at, at protecting protecting home court, which just doesn't make any sense. The crowd was terrific. I, I saw on Twitter ahead of time, I saw a bunch of uh, reporters saying, like, this, this is the loudest I've ever heard the the Garden. And saw, you know, Rondo was there. Isaiah Thomas was there. Pierce, of course, was there. Just, like, all all the guys that you would want. And, of course, they're showing them on the on the Jumbotron. And, you know, as soon as, you know, we won the tip, it's just like they, they were locked in. And then just the team just wasn't, wasn't quite ready for the moment. It was frustrating on the, the first possession. Tatum rolls his ankle. And he stayed in, he played, he tried to gut it out as best he could, but I think it was, it, it was a real, it's a real injury. I think if that was a, if that was a regular season game, he comes out immediately. He, he's done at least that game. He rolled it bad. That, 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 that was a gnarly one. And you could see he, he just wasn't the same. I don't think that that can just be the, the, the only excuse. We should be a good enough team that one guy is a little bit hobbled. We got you know, a good enough team. We're going against an eight seed at home. You know, they're not all, perfectly 100% healthy we should still have been able to to keep it a game but it just like you said of like what team is going to show up and just so frustrating the biggest game of our year we have the least amount of points that we had all season 15 and it's the least amount of points 84 that we scored all season so in the biggest game we came up the smallest and that is just what is so frustrating and it has been frustrating through this whole series with the heat and we really hammered it home last week when it it was coming off the the game three where the team just 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 quit and said there was nothing from those first three games that said ah I don't know I, I think they might they might do something and then they went they went and did something and just you know, put 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 the hope back that hey we, we might have a chance here and, and then it just it just wasn't there the o o for twelve from three before we hit our first one and I think in the in the first quarter into that second quarter we were getting good looks. They're they're running the zone. We were getting the ball into the middle to uh, to to Horford, and he was finding guys on on the wings. And these were below the break, open threes. Those are supposed to be the best possible shots you can take. And but we just we're clanking them. And it's like if even if you go you know three for 12, 25 percent, not even uh, not even great. But all right, fine. It's like that adds nine points. Now you're not down by 70. It just it, it could change some things up, but it's a little more of, okay, we're moving forward, and I, we're just a weird team where when the shots are falling, all of a sudden our defense is better, and you, you, we really got to separate that going forward. But I, I think you really got to look at that, that, that Tatum injury right off the bat, and then the rest of the guys just, you know, just, just couldn't step up in the moment, which was disappointing being, being at home. We're, we're, we're at home. Our, our role players are supposed to out, outdo theirs, and it didn't happen. 
A lot, of, a lot of things didn't happen, and I will say the Tatum injury for sure damaged our chances of winning Game Seven. Bro- Brogdon as well. Brogdon injury not helping. Brogdon, where you know he earlier in the series and definitely in, in the Sixer series, I don't know. I, I can't really think of a signature moment, or even like throughout the year, a signature signature moment. But he would definitely come into the game, and he was hitting some threes when we our offense was struggling. And whatever this injury was, it was no good. He tried to come in and play, and I think it's admirable, admirable to try after he's out for game game six. But he 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 didn't have it. He didn't have it at all, and it was too bad because he had a great season. And he's six man, so I, I feel like I'm doing doing a little bit of whining, saying, "Oh, well, Tatum got hurt, and you know, Brogdon's like, who even cares about Brogdon? Even playing game six it was like, well, he, he was a six man, so." One of our one of our most important players, like even beyond just just a role player, like out of all the NBA, they said he was the best. So, like, how many other teams would he even started for? So, just well, when you got to play some of these other guys, you just you get in trouble. Well, all those guys were healthy for games one and two, which are the real blown opportunities. All those guys were healthy for game three, to my understanding. Another game we gave up in, and. I, I, I not, think well, I, not another. We gave up a game three. I, we didn't give up on the other two. We, we, there were issues, but sure. it, it wasn't it wasn't a give up. Yeah, sure. It, they were they were losses that were looked at as well. You know, it's a seven game series. You know, there's still a lot of, a lot of games left, and it's like, well, yeah, that's true. But what if what if Tatum rolls his ankle one game, and and now you're just in this yep. position where you have cornered exactly. Yourself. We never should have put ourselves in this position. And you always say anything can happen in a game seven. And you usually are thinking of it as a as a positive, as you're the underdog, as you could make something happen. But I, you're exactly right in this case. It's a game seven. Anything can happen. Your best player rolls his ankle on the very first play of the, play of the game. And we put ourselves in that situation where if we had won some other games and now it's a game six and that happens and you blow th- this, all right, you got a backup game. But, but we didn't. We absolutely didn't. All right. The game wasn't great. Execution, not so much. But now I have to look at it all over again and do this recalibration and decide, is this team good enough? Do we do we like what we have here? Are we addressing any of the problems that we're seeing? And are we doing really anything anything about it? I went on the podcast last week talking about how it was a disappointment that I truly believe that Miami now is the better team. They just proved it once again. I know they lost the three games, won the three games, whatever. They, I think they're the better team. They won the series. They were able to look better than us in four of the seven games. That's all it really takes. I think that there's an argument to be made that the Celtics are more talented, but there's something beyond just talent that it takes to win these games that the Celtics just can't ever find or seem to not be able to produce enough of whether it's just smart plays or clutch plays or something that actually de- deals with the adversity in, in a positive fashion. They just don't really have that good counterpunch yet. And, and at this point, I think we were constantly giving these guys the excuse of, well, they're really young. And they were and they still are. I'm not saying that they are old and that the window is closed and that there's no hope anymore. But I think at this point, we can't just say, that they don't have enough experience anymore. I've I've seen the experience. I've seen them in these big games. They have had success. I think that's one reason why we want to keep this roster together. The the problem with all of this is that it, it was almost like they gave him a pass for all of it and that we started ignoring these problems. And these problems just keep coming back and forth every big game where we we have these issues at the end of the games. Jalen Brown has these ball handling issues, these turnover issues, and they're not new. It was fine when it was the first year, the second year, or even the third year of those sort of stuff, those sort of problems. 
but now they're they're going and we're not doing anything about it. So what is the hope of actually addressing them? Like how how many losses before it actually sinks in that you got to take care of the ball, that you got to play defense, that you got to you got to not give the ball to the other team. <laughs> you have to value the damn thing. And and I think that's what the head scratching part about this. Now there are a couple of bailout excuses for all this. They've had nothing but rookie head coaches and a lot of them. I, I mean Stevens not a, a certainly an experienced coach but not an NBA coach. Uh, Ime and, and, and Missoula and all of that, the same same thing. Like Experienced coaches, but not NBA coaches. And yet, they're still getting to these conference finals. They're still getting to the finals and having success. But I don't know if we next actually got better any of these off-seasons. We're just running the same strategy over and over again. And I don't know I don't know if that's the smart way of doing it. Like, do you feel like these players have actually gotten better? Like, Is Jalen better than he was three years ago? Yes, definitely. Is Tatum better? Yo, yes, definitely. They, they both they've they've been moving up, and we we talked about that. We talked about this in in the past, definitely more on the the preseason. Uh, is saying they got to make an All Star team. You got to make the jump up from an All Star to All NBA, and they've they've made those progressions. They've been going they've been going up in the right direction. It just hasn't. Jalen didn't reflect it in this playoffs. I think Tatum did. He had some struggles, and I mean, he for sure struggled last year in the finals, where Jalen played well in the in the finals last year. But Tatum setting the the game seven record for points, I would like him to be more consistent and less of the. All right, he sets the absolute record, and then other times it's like he, he's got to be better. But I think when you show you can like scratch that surface, like you you know you can get there again. I think sometimes just just generally, not even just for basketball, just anything in life. It's once you do something, you realize, oh, I could do this. You just have the confidence. I think you're able to get you're going to be able to get there more frequently. There's also a couple things that these guys beyond just the coaching haven't really had. They've never really had a true even just point guard in general, but a pass first point guard. It never, never really had that. Um, I mean, centers Al has been great as being this kind of utility guy who can do a little bit of everything. Rob Williams in and out of the lineup. The lobs, I think, are great. I think the defensive support is great when we we execute it well. But there's, it just feels like that there was an adult in the room that we were missing constantly. And the games and the success that we had, I think Marcus was that guy. And there are times where he wasn't able to be that guy. And I just wish we had another guy like that. I think Gallinari in a series like this, especially with Tatum going out, would have been interesting to throw in there. Not that it's like a better punch. It just would have been like the poor man's poor man's scorer or that's at least got some size to throw out there. Because I, I, I would have I would have started benching guys yesterday. I, I just the second Tatum was hurt and they started attacking him, I, I would have either come up with something else or I would they didn't really do that right away. It took them a while to figure that out. And I was surprised. I thought immediately they were just gonna, you know, it's gonna be Jimmy Butler getting switches and just going going right at him in actions, but they, they really didn't do it right away. Well, I, I want to talk about Missoula right now, and I really am not even going to pick him apart. I, I think there's there's just a couple things that I, I just want to clarify, and the, the talent of this team, you know, it's, it, it, it seems like there's enough there, but in, if they just had the right leadership or if the right coach got their attention or, or whatever it was, I have no idea the real reasons of why this didn't entirely click. There's games where it did and games where they, they couldn't. But I, I put it a lot more on the players than I do in Missoula. Uh, I, I don't think this is an easy team to coach. I, I think some of these problems that we've seen over and over again now are just going to be really hard to overcome. I think Ime was the closest we had as a solution for a lot of it. And 
Mozilla, so 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 be it. Whatever. It, it it is what it is. I'm not putting as much blame on him. I th- I think that these teams' problems are. There's nothing Joe I think could have said or done that really would have changed this outcome entirely. I I mean, I just want to say with timeouts, like yesterday, there was a there was a play where he called timeout and he he stopped us from a fast break. Like we called timeout. We we get the rebound. They missed. We we get the rebound. We have. Tatum is out on the break, and we called timeout. Now, this was just after the ankle injury, and I think they wanted to take a look at it, but I just think that there could have been another opportunity to call timeout that that really wasn't the window. Like, you're wasting an opportunity on our fast breaks here, which when you go back and you look at the whole game of our our half-court offense and how terrible it was, I just don't think you call a timeout in that, that kind of window. Like, that's not that's not what timeouts are supposed to be. Like, I... I, I look. I looked at all these timeouts, and everyone was saying like such a big deal about them, and it, it is a big deal. It, it's it's defense. It's it's a way you're stopping momentum of, of the other team when you, when you choose not to do it, it. It is a sense of pride, but it's also like a sense of saying like I don't want to have an extra shield on. Like it, you're you're not using a weapon that you've been given, and and I just think that was like an incorrect way to play throughout the entire playoffs. Like you you just you're able to counter. You're able to make adjustments in all this. You don't have to just make. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think my biggest flaw of Joe is he him lacking to make those adjustments and lacking to call those timeouts because he was like, no, we have them exactly where we want them. And the reality is they had us exactly where they wanted them, and we were thinking the same thing and losing that battle constantly. Um, I think he'll be back. Do you think he'll be back? Yeah, I think he'll be back. We just extended him, like, months ago. Yeah. Well, like the the sweep, the sweep would have been bad, and I think it would have been more leaning towards, "Hey, we got it." But if you hire a new coach, I, I think because Ime, they might have been able to figure out something. I, I, I hear about it more for uh, for college, where you're fired for cause, so you don't have to pay him. And I think, anyways, since he signed with Houston, that like you don't have to pay him anymore. But, but if that's still in the mix, they're not going to pay for three coaches. If you get rid of Ime. You still have to pay him. That's how these contracts work. And I just can't imagine that whatever decision they made at that point in the season has changed this much. Of course, we're Boston. We're always thinking championships. But we lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. If it had been to the to the Bucks, it definitely feels a lot different. But if you just look at where we made it as far as we did, like, I, I mean, I can go both ways there. Because then it's like, well, Budenholzer just you know got fired because he lost to uh because because he lost to the Heat but he was there a little bit longer there are different expectations but I just I, I just can't see firing someone that you just extended not even six months ago. What I don't want to happen is I don't want to have Missoula get fired halfway through next year. If he starts next year, we we have to let him finish. E- even even if I just destroy him for an entire season, I don't yeah. care what it takes. I'm not I don't think you can fire him until the next because you're going to do the same thing again. You can't fire anybody midseason and hope anybody to step in and just do like that's just not going to work. You're better off even if the plan isn't working, you know, just sticking with that original plan or going with a completely another direction and hire the new guy right now. If that's if that's what you're thinking is the problem, my problem with it all and they have to figure this out over the offseason is we have to re really re-identify what the Celtics team is because they don't play defense anymore. The two superstar multi-asset guys that are able to do all sorts of scoring and all that isn't the style of basketball that they played. The style of basketball they played was almost like this Golden State Warriors basketball where they're just chucking up a whole bunch of threes, doing this dribble drive in and out, and 
guess what? You need shooters to do that. We have a lot of guys that can shoot, but we we have so many guys that are multifaceted that when we say just shoot, it's like we're limiting them, and we're also not having them use their strengths. Like Jalen Brown's strength isn't shooting threes. Not one game this entire Heat series, all seven, did he make more than one three. Yet every single one of them, I promise you, he took more than one three attempt. If not, mm-hmm. there was tens and dozens and so many misses and clanks. And if you don't make more than one shot, you shouldn't take more than one of them. All right. That's that's not a good way to be. And I know it wasn't exactly the perfect shooting. You could have some cold nights, but and maybe at some point we're I'm realizing, like, are we doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing? Because all these guys just keep jacking up these threes like. Hey, man, the coaching staff must be like, yes, this is how the offense works. You shoot more threes than the other team. You make X percentage of them, and, and there's no way you can be out of the game. But I just – we need to really re-identify what this team is because I don't think we were good at defense. I don't think we were a good three-point shooting team. And I don't think we really utilized the isolation advantages of Tatum or Brown. I, I, I also think there's there needs to be a way we can get those two in the same play together where guys need to worry about both of them. They're constantly just yinging and yanging the balance of the floor where they're not nearly the same threat of, of outside shooters of just spot-up guys. Like, I think they need to be in the action together, a pick-and-roll together, some sort of movement together, and then that should hopefully make it harder. I also don't think it's the end of the world of, of putting Jalen Brown in positions where he doesn't have to dribble anymore. Like, why are we constantly putting him in that situation? It's not his strength. I'm not sure what the strength is of it, but that's not working. Like, we, we, need, to, we need to do something different with that, or he's got to get a hell of a lot better. We're on year whatever right now, and he's still not better at it. So I think we need to maybe try a different strategy rather than trying to force him to fit into this little box because it's it's not working. It's not it's not working. What do you think our identity should be going into next year? And what like can we get back to what we were, or are we going to become something new? I think we got to figure out what the continuity is. Last year, much better on defense, but at the beginning of this year, it, it was definitely. Uh, you know, a little bit of a of a hot run, but it was like the the greatest offense that had ever been seen. Like all the statistics, like this is the best, and we all knew that it was not going to stay up at at that level. That that was understandable. But if you are in all time and you regress, and it's like, hey, just pretty good for or you know, number one for uh, for for the season. It's like, well, that's that that's still good. But I just it can't just be one, one or the other. And it's like, if, if you know you have that ability, and I, I, I get, there are only so many resources. And, you know, these guys got to try to figure out, like, how hard do I go on offense versus how hard do I go on defense? But we'd just like to think we could kind of, we could find a nice a nice middle ground. And we yeah, we have to separate the, the the two from each other. It can't be, if we're not hitting shots, we don't play defense. It's actually, it actually has to be the reverse of that. If the shots aren't falling, you really got to lock down even more on defense because you're not scoring as easily. And for whatever reason, we're just we're just, we're just not getting that. But I, that's why I err to the side of keep Missoula. So you got the same head coach. You can move around some of the the, the assistants in, in in the background. And if you want to bring in a a stronger assistant, you know, an older, more veteran guy that you think will help, I'm I'm all for that. But I'm just thinking if we get another guy in here, that's gonna we're gonna try to change the identity. It just I, I don't know. It, it, I look at some of some of these other teams that have had more success. And a lot of it, I always feel like is you have continuity, you have the same players, you figure out your system, you figure out what your identity is. And we still are, are searching for it. And we haven't quite found it yet. Well, we need to find it and it needs to be defined and we all need to be on the same page of it. I, I don't think it's a, it, it's weird that we don't have the, the one, a one B 
problem at all. Like that seems to be everybody's okay with. I, I think t- Jalen has had times of frustration of that just because he's the the baited trade guy because Tatum is the one. But I, I think it works. I, I I still think that this is you can win a championship with him as your one, and I think Brown is your two. You just need guys around that are going to be good role players, and I and I think we've provided them with with nice guys. I just don't know if they're necessarily the right guys. Or at least the right guys with the right attitudes or the right efforts. I, I don't know. I just wonder, like, like you, if you could pick any guy off any roster and just put him on our team right now, and not not like a Kevin Durant. I mean, like a rational roster move right now. Like, if if you add, I don't know, Chris Paul to this team, or like we immediately like what's significantly better? If there is a point guard no. on this team, we with, can't one we can't afford Chris Paul, and two, why are we going to pay some guy that's going to be hurt in the playoffs? I'm not saying as a guy that's going to be hurt in the playoffs. I'm just saying a guy that's actually a leader and can actually run an offense. Is that the, the direction that we need to have with these guys? Because letting them run the offense on their own, I, I agree, like, bigger picture, if they could do it, it's the best advantage. It saves us a roster spot where we can go bigger on the point guard position. But there's so frequent times where our offense looks so bad, and I just wonder, are these guys ever actually going to be able to handle the weight of that and a successful consistency that's going to work in the playoffs? And I, I just think if you get not necessarily a Chris Paul exactly, but a guy that is at least a pass first in running an offense, can we set these guys up in a position? How many How many of those guys are there? There's I, really not that many out there. We got to find one. The, and, you, and you know what? I, that, that type of point guard like doesn't really exist so, so much anymore. I'm not sure where they are. I, I don't know what it's going to cost us. I just would like to see what this team looks like with, with a little bit of an adult out there, with a little bit of a coach on the floor. Like, I think if Rondo came in right now in the condition he's in and came in and ran this team, or even just coached this team, we would be in a better situation. Uh, but, you know, that's that's kind of enough about Boston. We've, we've spent, we're 30 minutes into the show, and they didn't even win. You know, if anything, they got their ass yeah. kicked for most of this, and if anything, they were an overrated team, and if anything, the the, the Heat are the, the team that we should be spending a hell of a lot more attention on. Uh, Jimmy wins the Larry Bird whatever whatever trophy, and they win the Bob Cousy Eastern Conference whatever whatever trophy. Is award heavy, whatever. But shout out to all of them. Um, a couple things I want to say about guys that played awesome. Caleb Martin, fantastic. He's going to get his own little segment in a second here. But uh, Derek White, Derek White was awesome. Derek White was great. I I, yeah. I think our biggest takeaway of of the year is not only did he hit the shot and became a legend, he came back the next game and and. Really, really stood up at a time where nobody else was could and nobody else was, and I, I think that'll go remembered. This crowd, like you said, was so ready game seven, and I thought the only guy that was really responded well to it and was really jacked up and juiced up and ready to be the energy for it was Derek White. So shout out to him. And then now, now, now is the Caleb Martin segment of the of the podcast where I, I just bow down and say every big shot, every crucial moment, every patient killer killer dagger of possessions came from Caleb Martin consistent throughout this whole series I thought it was bullshit early I thought there's no way he'll do this every game and every game he did it I said you know what that's his game he's probably done for it he's, he's gonna average out there's no way he's gonna do this and I think if anything we have been begging for him to take all these shots and just waiting for the game where he misses all of them and here we are seven games in and we're still doing the same damn thing and he's not missing the shot Zach do you think we could have done anything differently for any of this? Or is this guy just, just on one and, and maybe we did do things on him and if we'd done anything else, it might have gone even worse. I, I, 
where, where well, are we at with it? You, you're focused on on Jimmy and on Bam, so those are your your main two guys. And then he just absolutely stepped up from role player to turned into a star in the series. Where did you have a do you have his, his three point stats in front of you? Where what, what was he shooting? It was it end up end up being at high forties. I think at like at one point in the series it was over fifty, and like like you said, there were a bunch of open ones, and it's kind of a you got to pick your poison a little bit, but he made us pay every single time. And then as the series went on, it wasn't just the, hey, I'm wide open in the corner and I'll hit that down. It's just, nope, whenever you need a bucket, just go to me. It's just like, where in the world did this guy come from? Incredible off the dribble. You know where he, oh man, I, it, there's, I don't know what the stat is for this, and I don't even know if this is true, but it, just from watching it in the Celtics fan perspective, it felt like he always found the ball at the end of shot clocks and always made us pay where it was like, hey, Awesome defense. They're scrambling. Oh my God, Martin's got it in the corner. This this is good. Like we've done we've done our job, right? The, the the defense is swung. We're ready for all this, and then he makes some crazy move off a jab step or a three, or just steps back behind Bam and takes another one. Uh, defensively, uh, he was also great. I think there was a lot of guys on Miami you can credit defensively. I'm shocked that we weren't able to capitalize off of guys like Duncan Robinson and Struess. I know they shot well, but the reason those guys weren't necessarily in the Heat rotation and the reason the Heat struggled throughout the regular season. Well, those guys were unable to guard other guys on other teams. They, they were defensive liabilities. We weren't able to make them look like that, and I anticipate that Denver is going to make them look like that. Denver's going to be on a 10-game rest here, facing this Miami team that just went through a battle. It couldn't have been any longer. and couldn't have been any brutal, more brutal. The travel alone, the, the stress alone. and I, I'm, I got Denver in four. I don't have a whole lot of notes beyond it. I just think... All of the things the Celtics did poorly that Denver is not going to struggle with. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to go 0 for 11 from 3. They have way too many shooters to, to really do this. And I also think the sheer, the, just the size of Jokic is going to be something that Miami really hasn't faced since round 1 where they were facing Giannis, who definitely has that same size and physicality but certainly doesn't have the skill set. This is a size and skill set guy coming to town. He's yeah, it's rested. A, it's a different, different, different kind. And, and I think kind of all of those out-coaching little bits worked very well against a lot of people in the East. But against a smart, high basketball IQ team like Denver, I think they'll be able to stay in games. And I still think Miami is going to be a hell of a team. I still think you should applaud this. I mean, this team is an eight seed. The, the regular season is a what a they're like a, a negative possession or whatever points per per game for the year or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but the, certainly not that the team you would have picked to uh, win point, point point differential. Not great. Not a great team coming in, and and a whole, not a whole lot of reasons to do that, especially after last year where they were successful. It, it, it's just I got a lot of nice things to say about Miami, but I still think Denver is the better team, and I think this is a destiny for Jokic to win. I, I just – Jimmy, if he pulls this one off, of which I've said that every round now since the goddamn playing game, and then they didn't even win the first playing game. I had to say it again for a second playing game. I swear, Jimmy. Like, if Jimmy wins this, I'm gonna buy a Jimmy Butler jersey. Like, I'm gonna wear it. Like, I, I'm now Jimmy Butler guy. Like, if he wins an NBA championship this year, I'm, I'm a Jimmy Butler guy. I, where, wherever he plays, wherever he goes, I'm a Jimmy Butler guy because this shouldn't have been possible. And I talked so much throughout this entire year on the podcast about how much talent is in the NBA and how many good teams there are and how many opportunities every team thinks they have, and that this is the year and they're all going for it. And yet this team with just Jimmy Butler, who's got, what, three sprained ankles and is missing Hero and Oladipo and, and Vincent misses a couple games and Bam is 
what six eight and not even a real center and and they're they're doing it they're getting it done I don't know how he's doing it it but he's doing it and he's getting it done Caleb Martin stuff all aside he's getting it done it's it's incredible it's it's definitely something I, I think is going to go maybe forgotten if, if they don't have the success of it but I, I don't want it to I, I think this is a legendary year this is an eight seed and if anything is this the blueprint of the future right now where we, we talked about having all these playing games where we, you know, the regular season's so long and you have these injuries and you do all that. How long before we see something like this again? 30 years. The finals or the conference finals? Because I, I think the conference finals is, is within the game. The, the finals, though. The conference finals. The finals, 50 years. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's roughly where we're at. So uh, maybe it won't go forgotten under those circumstances. But uh, any, anything you want to add for your – Anticipation of the finals here between Denver and Miami? Uh, Denver and six. Yeah. Jokic for MVP, easy one. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah I, would, I, would, I, would, I would like to go with you and go with, with the sweep, but I've been so wrong before. It's just like, well, let me just kind of kind of add a couple of games here to you know get, get, get a little cushion. I just think they're going to be out of gas, and I think, Denver's tank couldn't be any more full. And also, Denver's at home now. Not that that's ever mattered for Miami, but I, I, I do think if Denver was suddenly flying to Boston, the 10 games rest almost matters a little less because you got that travel beforehand. But uh, not not anymore. Now now you are you got Miami heading, heading to Denver over there. So uh, hopefully that'll have some expectations. I'm I'm a little disappointed. There's there's a lot less basketball on, Zach. It's, it's, it's far less entertaining with just singular games every other night and then the results and stress of the Celtics, uh, it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. Uh, but it wasn't the only finale that happened this week. Uh, across other TV universe scheduling, there was a couple HBO season finales between Succession and Barry that wrapped up I this gotta week. i got to start off right with that. How do you put these on on the same night on a long weekend? Just just how? Like, who, whose idea was this? This I, is a terrible idea. I agree with you. It was a terrible idea, but I think I already t- mentioned it earlier on, on one of the reasons why. I can't remember which awards, which TV series awards uh, is the cutoff date for, for your application or whatever, your entrance. Your your series has to air or end, I think, before a, cer- before a certain date to qualify for an award show later some sole time. I don't know which award one is it. Don't, don't, I, I'm, I'm talking way too out of turn here, but that was one reason why it did end the way it ended on that on those dates because I think that was the last date like everything had to end before six months in uh, to qualify for the year of, of being a show this year so they wanted to win awards which is one of the reasons these show, these networks do that is to win awards and and that was so why is this, are these professional organizations or uh, a high school student that you you couldn't do this until the absolute last moment it couldn't even like offset it by one week you know one 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 and starts a week earlier. I mean, I guess Barry, they did the, the, the double to almost, like, catch up. But I, I feel like it really shortchanged Barry to have to go after after succession. I, I have I, to imagine the Venn diagram of both. It, it's not, like, a complete circle, but I got to imagine if you're into one, you're into the other. What I thought was even more unfair, just especially as, as just a viewer, I'm, look, if you're committed into all this like I am, you know, you're watching these shows, you're listening to the podcast, you're, you're really paying attention, and, and you're into all this. When it just wraps up after all that, 
you need some time to, to kind of reflect and bounce back and take a break. And you, you need a timeout, you know, you need a Joe Missoula yeah. timeout. You need, and I, I had anticipated the succession finale being, I mean, not that it wasn't heavy, but there are some really heavy episodes of succession and it wasn't as heavy as I thought it could have been. And I yeah. actually thought it ended up being a little lighter and a little bit more logical than, than I thought it would be. So, my energy level at the end of it was almost relief that it was like, oh, God, all right. It wasn't like, you know, Kendall jumped off a cliff or, or something. Like, I really thought it could have went. Something where it's like, oh, man, like, you know? I really, like, I need a, I need a So, break. like, I ended it in, sure, depending on who you were rooting for within the show, which you really probably should have been rooting for, for anybody. But, like, you know, who you thought won or, or how it all ended. I didn't, I didn't think it was as much of a bummer a, a, as it could have been. So I, my energy after finishing it was actually a little bit higher, and I was I took an hour break, and then I watched Barry. And if the if the succession finale had been any more, I I don't know, gut wrenching or, or 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 just heavy or or saddening or or anything, I don't think it would have been in the right zone to watch Barry. But I was very happy with the way it ended. That I was like, you know what, let's keep it going. Let's let's see where else it goes. Then I and then I was even happier with the way Barry ended too. So like I. I was very rewarded on, on that night, and I thought that was the only thing that I can counter with the, the terrible scheduling is that they were both very good finales, and I th actually thought they played well yeah. off of each other, and that's the only real reason I think you can pull this off. Otherwise, yeah, I, I agree that this is a terrible way to steal thunder from someone else, but what what, an, what a night and an event, though, of, of like two huge shows, possibly a peak of HBO. I, I, I tried writing down like other peaks, and... You know, I, I want to talk a little bit right now on our top five kind of favorite HBO shows in general. Now, this is going to include both comedy and drama. If you want to, you know, define these lists a little bit more, it probably makes it a little bit more sense. But you know, we're, this is an off-season podcast right now, uh, uh, podcast topic. So we're 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 doing we're doing the best we can. I'm going to ask you: Do either of these shows break your top five now with the conclusion of Succession and Barry? I think, like you said, you got to take a, a little bit to breathe before you just you just jump right in. I, I think it's a little tricky with the uh, with with the rankings. Barry, definitely no. Uh, succession. I'm I'm trying to pull up some of the you know, the, the HBO where HBO seems like it's kind of going away. Where you know they took away its name with the latest latest merge and just kind of going back and remembering exactly which ones were HBO, especially if we're throwing in uh, in comedies. Uh, all right, Just, here, I got, I, got I, think, I think one of the things that they lucked out with is that and HBO is usually uh, HBO is better at this than a lot of other network shows is HBO will pull they're like the Belichick they'll pull it a year early rather than a year too late and I think that they were getting right up to that line and it, I was getting a little bit of a uh, like like an entourage feel of it was just hey, this is kind of the same story and we're kind of just circling and I like the characters enough and I like the general feel of, of the story that you know I'll, I'll keep watching it but i could see where I, I still wanted two years more three years more but i'm glad that they didn't give it to me because it was just it would have been the same thing of oh look at that kendall uh you know hoodwinked rome and uh shiv is doing something else shady just like oh we're, well we're doing that again so just i think they they got out at the, at the right time i think that tastefulness in getting out at the right time actually really helped its rankings on me now i i still have the wire one sopranos two and tr truthfully if you wanted to alternate those you i wouldn't even fight you on it but as long as you know you have those two i think at the top um 
I'm pretty pretty comfortable with all of your lists. Now, after those two is where, you know, now, 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 now it's interesting. Like, if you ask me that, that's really the real conversation you should be having here because I think those two should easily be there. Now, you get out of succession at three. I'll throw a couple other ones out there. You know, Game of Thrones, very, very popular. I, I think that there are segments in time with certain shows where they may have been bigger than anything else you ever had and I, and I think there's a possibility where game of thrones maybe was bigger than succession i have not seen it and am not truthfully into that sort of genre so maybe that's a little shade i'm throwing on all that but i i i wrote down a whole bunch of lists here man like I, i've got true detectives sitting down i think there's segments of that again that are really nah, really good they, but i don't the first I don't, season but that 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 fell off so, so you're penalized these, there. these are these are honorable mentions essentially right they're not in my top five uh game of thrones westworld girls deadwood boardwalk empire and then and then i have the uh you like girls that much these I, i'm just saying these are popular hbo shows i'm not saying these are like necessarily my my sort of things but oh, I, I think okay. if you were to come up with the top five these are these are I'm just reminding you, this is the HBO categories here, where I think we, we put these top five as if there's only five. I'm saying there's far, far more quality shows here on HBO than there are on pretty much any other streaming network, right? These are shows that you're saying, oh, you like girls so much. It's like, well, a lot of people did. Yeah, it's, I think they're I think they're all right with all no, that. No, it, it was more, I feel like we just, we, we never really had a conversation about it, where I'd, I'd watch some of the, the early seasons, and it just... It had prestige and it was HBO, but just didn't seem like something that was more like in in your wheelhouse. So I was just like, whoa, no, I was more surprised by 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 that. And I haven't even gotten to the, the comedies, you know, the Curb Your Enthusiasm, Silicon Valley, Veep, Entourage, The Larry Sanders Show. Like those are, those are some those are some heavy hitters for comedy right there. You're, you're missing, you're missing, you're missing a big one. No, 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 I'm not because I have the honorable mansion Danny McBride category of yes, he, he spouted yes. down Vice Principals, Winning Time, Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> He got his entirable honorable mention category, which you need to pick I, out. I'm your fine own. with it being like honorable, honorable mentions. But when uh, as soon as I pulled it up and I was like eastbound and down, it's like, no, they can't be like in top five with some of these other ones. But, oh, man, it, it, you're just looking to have like a like a fun ride and just oh, just Danny McBride being silly like that. There, there's a the, the, some of these are just like certain times where it's just like if you're not always in the mood necessarily for, for the wire, but I'm always in the mood for some Danny McBride. Excellent stuff. If if that's your cup of tea, there's a lot of it, and it it's it gets better every single time. I I love the twist in Winning Time. I think he's fantastic in that. I love Righteous Gemstones. There's there's just there's a lot going there's a lot going going on for Danny McBride in the HBO world here. Oh, you didn't even mention uh, Westworld. I I did in the earlier in the in the honorable uh, mentions. As, as a, oh, when you were I think I, I think I did was... Game of Thrones, Westworld, Girls, Deadwood, Boardwalk oh, Empire. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. None of those, none of those what I just mentioned right now are in the top five. My, so my five, I went The Wire, I went Sopranos, I put Succession at three, I put Curb at four, and I did Larry Sanders at five. I'm only leaving Chernobyl out because it's not truthfully a series to compete with all this, but as a one-off, I, I thought the Chernobyl miniseries stands up to just about all of this. I just don't think that it's fair to say there's enough of it on like an eight-episode series is as good as like, you know, seven seasons of whatever, whatever it's little apples and oranges. But I, I just wanted to mention that as well. But that that's my list. I got here. I'm putting succession at three. It's still not my favorite show and the rewatching on it. I think it'll age. It'll age differently where I'm, I'm just I'm in it for the jokes. and I don't really care for the story anymore. And my biggest issue of it was just the story was ridiculous and the kids were hard to root for. But 
the entertainment value, the the acting quality, the writing quality, and I think the precision of each episode is is why I have Succession three. And I still have so many flaws with 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 all of the series. Like there, there's still issues with it, but I, I I just so but but Barry Barry doesn't make doesn't make the list for you either. It it does not. I still think Barry between Succession and Barry that of all the shows we mentioned, of all the shows we we've, we've talked about, I don't think any of them balance the funny drama element better than Barry and Succession. Both of them just excellent at, at really balancing between all of those where there are moments I am laughing hysterically in them and there are moments where it's like this is either scary intense or just sad and hard hard to do all that with, hard to with, really with Barry did you did you laugh out loud what like the past two seasons oh yeah for sure crystal ball and all, all that stuff's super funny the raven stuff not, was not funny this, not this last season well the raven was like a little bit was like a little bit funny and I, that was a little lighter but yeah, definitely, like, maybe a little more last season and, like, the you, earlier seasons. What about yeah. the, the religious podcast? No, no, Hank, oh, he, he was he was real funny. But this this past season, I feel like there was just a lot of – you go through the whole episode, and it was just like, okay, you're, you're doing cool stuff with, with the medium for sure. But I, 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 I have problems with shows where you're, you're not getting what, like, you, what you expected. Like, with Succession, I feel like the finale, we got what we expected – uh, the you, you could watch that episode you could watch the the pilot you could watch one in the middle you're gonna kind of get the same feel where this was just the, the the finale and i feel like this kind of this whole last season it was just like it was no longer trying to be like really funny and like i said that's the direction they went in and they did interesting things with the story but for what i was looking for it was well I'm, lo- I'm looking for you know, look looking for hank to be making some jokes here and it just like nope it turned real serious and uh, I, I wasn't a fan I still thought there was multiple moments of Barry this season that were that were hilarious. I I, I still think that they're they're like the the church stuff of, of him listening to podcast after podcast just to find the, the the expert that just agrees with him entirely. It just it just basically constantly searching the internet until you find somebody that agrees with you. I, I thought I thought that was hilarious. The the beginning of the, the crystal ball season I thought was really funny. The the jail stuff with the with the Raven I think is really funny. Um. I don't know. Bill Hader is like the most generic, just boring ass dad in the world. I thought that's funny. I I, I don't know. I, I agree that there's a gloominess to, to it all, but it's also like, well, what's the show supposed to be about? Like, this is a show where we don't necessarily fast forward this far to the future. Maybe this is why it, it's 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 not good. You don't you don't get away with this stuff. It, it comes all the way back around and it, it, it didn't stay in the action or in the drama of it like Succession did. The Succession, the whole last season's like 10 days. Like, it, it's all one day after another. Yeah. Like, Barry, you know, there's there's a time jump. And the time jump is always a gamble. But the time jump, I think, wrapped up the story that really wasn't left to be told. Like, the, the problem was the story wrapped up after season two. Like, it probably could have just been done there. But, you know, they wanted to do more, and they wanted to wrap it up, and they yeah. wanted to give us all the information we got. I'm sorry it wasn't great, but it – I'm not. I'm not sure how it was supposed to be great. Like it wasn't going to be like sunshine and rainbows. All the, all these people that have done some terrible things for you know quite some time right now are, are just going to be okay. And, and the thing is, Routberry, they, they could have had that, and they just chose not to. It just it seems like if you uh, like if if you took the you know the the Sopranos and then like the final season, like you added a laugh track, and then there were like a bunch of jokes in the finale. We're just like, well, this. This is impressive. You pulled this off, but this is a 
this is just not the show I started with. Well, I'll let Bill Hader know because he not only started, wrote, and directed every single episode of the last season. I, apparently, that's the one season you weren't as much of a fan of. Well, I'm curious to see what he does next. I thought I thought this yeah. was all still a success for Hader, though, of, of being able to pull this show off and being. I'm just happy this show exists because there aren't there aren't a lot of original shows or movies or entertainment anymore. Everything feels like it's some, you know, Disney superhero version of something. Or or a reboot or a sequel. Yeah. How many more Fast and Furious movies are they doing? Have we announced that yet? That the they said that this was going to be the last movie, and then the last movie comes out, and they said, "Oh, by the way, the last movie is a trilogy." It's a trilogy. Oh, I love it. Never stop making them. Why would you? This is a money machine. You could just constantly be adding new stars to it. You get paid a ton of money. You don't have to be a uh, like an official superhero. You could just kind of be a, a real life car superhero, and boom. I, I, I don't know if people are going to keep spending money to go do it. Why? Why would you stop making them? I could be wrong, but if I, if I read this correctly, it it is that this is uh, the second to last movie. There will be one more movie, but it'll be a two part movie, meaning there will be two more movies. So I I think that's I think that's where we're going with all this. I'm not sure who signed on for it all. I'm not sure how this the current movie ends, or I haven't seen it. I don't know any of that, but uh, I I you know it, it's nice to follow along with all these movies and to be a fan and kind of have the whole background and the history and all, all the work that it's gone in. But I guess I'm also kind of ready to jump in and only be in and out in 90 minutes for a couple of movies now. Like, uh, I'm not sure where HBO goes from here. I'm sure there's a new show. There's plenty of other shows that we didn't even talk about today. that are active and still doing great things on there, but I'm, I'm ready for a break. I, I, I don't love the double ending like this. The, the finale ending of the scheduling, I thought that's just punishing to, to us. Of, of, and then the spoiling of it all, too, of, like, you have to do all of this so so urgently because of the next day and, and what's happening. Uh, didn't didn't love all that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for the, the finales here or any of your HBO top fives? I, I, I like the, 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 like I said, I like the way Succession did it. I thought it was really funny. Um the, the the slap fight in the bathroom. Oh, I didn't Tom get your Greg. top five. Give me your top five. I didn't. What am I saying? Oh my top, my top five. Oh, let's see. You just come in and just out of nowhere, you make me pick top five. I uh, I no way. All right, last midweek you were like, hey, did you think of any other segments to do? Because you know it's not going to be an NBA heavy. There's only one game, and we might not even have more than one game. We got four extra games. And I said, let's do an HBO top five, and you said, sounds great. And here we are. Who didn't do their homework that, now? That, that 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 does sound like me. Uh, right, you me, know what? All right, don't do it. it. All right, you're, you're it. out. I'm, play, I'm, no, I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing the outro music. All right, you're getting played off. The... I got it. I got it. The, the Wire, The Sopranos, Curb, Veep, and then the, the, the fifth one. That's just, that's just the hardest one. Like, Party wants to go Deadwood because, like, that's, you know, old school, and we didn't really talk about that one so much. But... And then I also want to do something stupid like pick eastbound and down, but that's not fair to anybody. I'm trying to think what. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, you like the Larry Sanders, so I don't, I don't want to pick that one. Eastbound and down. That's my fifth. Well, I, I watched I, that in college with a bunch of buddies, and it's stupid, and but it's my ranking, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. 
It's uh, it's rankings that uh, everybody should really, really care about because he's put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, just. Uh, you know. What oh. about uh? What, what about uh the uh the miniseries? Do those count? I I mean I think Chernobyl is the best best one of those. Better than Band of Brothers? I, I didn't see Chernobyl. You know, I, you're not gonna be you're not gonna be disappointed by either of them. I don't I don't think. But I, I I think if I were to recommend just one thing, you could only watch one season of something, because there only is one season of it. I I'd recommend Chernobyl. Okay. And yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> like it's not. So, you know, the, the difference is that you got to know what you're going in for. All right, it, it critically acclaimed, I would recommend Chernobyl. If you're if you're trying to like you know turn around your day, you know you can't go wrong with you know Veep or Silicon Valley or you know any of the Danny McBride sort of windows here. But it it depends on what you're interested in. You know, I, I just think critically, if you were to review it and analyze it, and there was enough there to it, uh, Chernobyl would be the one I would recommend. Uh, you know, but you know, obviously all the shows we talked about, if you're willing to commit to more than a season, you got more time. There's, there's a lot of quality stuff out there. You know, stop, stop watching the the laugh track cable shows over and over again. Take take a break from the office. You know you don't need, you don't need to watch it anymore. Now the the boom mic guy still wins at the end. It's it's fine. Well, spoiler alert for everybody. Wow, well, maybe cooler than that. I thought we did a good job not spoiling anything. I, I danced around some stuff, but I, I thought I thought we did good. We did all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be I'd be cool doing more of a more of a deep dive on it with spoilers uh, in in the future. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, what, what more what more can I say about this anymore? I, I uh, we'll be back next week. I think Monday's the day. I don't know how many basketball games we're gonna have between there. We're we kicking off what Thursday this week now. Thursday, Thursday, yep. Thursday. So we'll have a couple games. See how Denver's yep. going. I swear, if we come back next week and it's like the Miami Heat are up 2-0 again or whatever, whatever. It's how, uh, how? I, I'm not, I'm not sure how. I don't want to know how. I, I, I feel like I need to make an adjustment to my day to day. Like I, I'm, I'm doing it wrong. I made too many adjustments throughout all the Celtics losses. There were games where Millie was dressed up in all of her Celtics attire. I had like a little uh, Celtics bandana wrapped around her collar, and we lost every single game. I did that. Every single one, I did that. So I stopped doing that. And then game seven, I hadn't done it. We'd won the last three, and, and I didn't do it again. And then we lost. So now I don't know if it was entirely to blame on the bandana or maybe the Celtics were just under. Uh... I, I like the effort. That, that's what we need. It was an all-hands-on-deck situation, and you, you you were doing all you could. Oh, man. I'm just so glad we didn't go to the game. That's the real win of all this, is that I didn't bother to talk either of us into this reckless game seven price, of which the crowd was fantastic crowd was awesome would have been a ton of fun to be in just wouldn't have been the result we wanted it would, have been, it would have only been fun for 15 minutes it would have been fun for the hour beforehand where we we're all just a bunch of maniacs there because that's that, that's what yeah. was really going on uh but we'll be back yeah, next week with who knows what to talk about and a whole lot more prepped and get ready for the off season anything else you want to say out there go, go celtics do you want do you want it just do it do it one more time it's been it's baseball season. We're moving on. Oof. We'll be back. A little column A, a little column B.